Hey, this is the Building for Digital Equity podcast, where we talk to people working to expand internet access, address affordability, teach digital skills, or distribute affordable devices. We talk with those working on the front lines of giving everyone everywhere the opportunity to participate fully in the digital world. Whether in rural areas or cities, our guests here are doing the often unglamorous jobs in places that have been left behind. This show comes to you from the Community Broadband Networks team at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, where we have long produced the Community Broadband Bits podcast and the Connect This Show. Building for Digital Equity features short interviews from Emma Gautier, Christopher Mitchell, and me, Sean Gonzalez, talking to people at the events we are attending to highlight the interesting work and inspirational stories to get internet access to everyone. Now, Let's see who we have today. Okay, I am here at Net Inclusion 2023 with somebody that I just met from Cleveland, Gina Birch. Gina, tell us, tell us who you are and why you're here and who you represent. Yes, thank you very much. My name is Gina Birch from the Ashbury Center in Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm obsessed with my job. I literally love it. I love net inclusion. Uh, my first in-person net inclusion was last year, and it's just so inspiring. You get so many opportunities to network, so much good information, and stuff that you thought you knew really well. Mm-hmm. You will always meet a person that knows a little bit more that, <laughs> than that, you do almost every time. For sure. Now, you said you came last year, huh? I did. So mm-hmm. I understand this year is a record year. This is my first net inclusion, my first time to San Antonio. I'm, I'm really I'm really enjoying it, uh, but this year they set uh, uh, an attendance record. I think there's over a thousand folks in attendance. So yeah. now, are, now when you came back here, are you, you're seeing some familiar faces, or oh, you're, yeah. and you're meeting a lot of new people too. I got buddies. So what's cool is, well, number one, there's NDIA. Right? Yes, yes. So we work with NDIA throughout the year, and I see them in little squares on Zoom all year long. And then so after two years of being with Ashbury, last year I finally got to meet a bunch of them in person. And we hung out. I mean, like we did the conference, but then we like hung out in the mm. city. So that was really great. Now, now let's talk a little bit about Cleveland. Now we're familiar with, and 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 folks that follow our work know that we're familiar with Digital C and mm. and Joshua Edmonds is back from Detroit, back yes. in the Cleveland, and he does terrific work. But tell us about the work that you're doing. But first, actually, before you do that, give give, give our listeners a little sense of the digital landscape in Cleveland. Sure. So I'll start with the bad news. Okay. A few years ago, Cleveland was rated the number one worst connected city in the nation. Mm-hmm. And um, Cleveland is already very economically segregated. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really shined a light on us. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic hit. So it was like we already knew we were in a bad spot. And then the pandemic hit. So um, if you look at your lovely ACP dashboard, though, you can see that we're the number two city in ACP enrollment. So That's we've, right. we've really been pushing and we've really been um, working hard to sort of customize our digital navigator program to the needs of our community, especially around ACP enrollment and understanding the program, understanding ISPs, offerings and um, what you need and what you should pay and what you are paying for. And, you you know, digital navigator is right because you do need to navigate uh, to enroll. Uh, to get folks enrolled in ACP, let me let me just ask you, just uh, as it relates to ACP uh, work on the ground there, what, what's been the, what's the experience been like for you? I know uh, you know folks all around the country have different experiences. You yeah. guys seem to be doing well yeah. in enrolling folks. What? How have you been able to do that? 
Well, I can speak for our navigators because I personally trained them. Mm. Um, I, I facilitated and designed the training for our navigators after attending all of the NDIA, ACP, um, you know, webinars and, you know, meetings and emergency meetings mm -hmm. about ACP, even from when it was EBB. So once we, you know, got our collective grant from the Cleveland Foundation for um, seven, I believe, six or seven of our organizations in Cleveland to get digital navigators. Um, we made sure to bring all of that information and really impress it on our navigators so that they will be prepared to, to help folks through that process. And so, you know, because I think one of the one of the things that see, that I've been hearing is working well is when there are organizations, you know, trusted organizations in the community that are that, that are dealing with folks, I feel like seems to be uh, a key to, to, to better enrollment in, yes. in ACP, yes. would, you, would you say? Absolutely. And I can speak for Clevelanders when mm -hmm. I say we are skeptical. Yes. We, if we see something, it, the first question is for real? How? <laughs> Our, um, but uh -huh. what about, like, what's the catch? Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So when information comes from providers yes. it's even scarier because yes. they're the people who are taking your money right so when you have a nonprofit organization that's been in the community for decades um, in the same place you know working with your friends and family members then that's somebody who you can trust the information from a little bit more and that can help you take that next step because sometimes you might learn the information but you don't trust the information so you don't take that step forward like you were saying yes 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 now you know, I think the pandemic really, you know, maybe the only good thing about the pandemic was that it opened people's eyes to the importance of 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 what we're talking about here, about yeah. about about digital inclusion, about the the uh, access to, to high speed Internet connectivity. Tell me a bit about like when you, when when you're talking with folks about that, is that what you're finding, too, that people sort of see that, you know, having access to uh you know high-speed internet uh technology and, and devices and 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 digital literacy is something that people see as as really important to participate in in and and how it touches on so many different parts of of, of everyday life that's a, a good question and i think that it's it's been different for everybody so like for those of us that have been privileged to have access to internet you know indefinitely past mm-hmm it's like a different scenario for everybody that kind of turns that light on. Right. So um, I work with um, the CEO of the Phoebe Foundation, which is an organization in Cleveland, a financial literacy organization. And during the pandemic, she just kind of heard, like she, she realized mm. that people don't have internet. And so like you have these different situations where a lot of people will give the example of the COVID vaccine, mm -hmm. where you had to um, schedule your appointment on an app or on a website, That's right. there's no paper trail, like physical paper. So like folks that don't have access or knowledge are like, okay, can you show me how to do that? But yes. they're at the pharmacy counter. So like your pharmacist is not their job to train you. For sure. But they're also going to assume that you have the knowledge. So like there's a big gap right there. And so, you know, what does that person do? Do they not get the vaccine? Do they run across somebody that can help? Like there's that situation is just so flimsy where it's, you know, the digital navigators really come in to fill that gap where practitioners are, are, are not employed to do that type of work. So like healthcare practitioners, 
um, pharmacists, like any anywhere where there's a kiosk, like even at the airport where mm-hmm. you want to, you know, get your, print your boarding pass out. Mm-hmm. So um, we really work hard to give our clients a, a wide digital foundation so that when they encounter a device they don't know, they can still recognize certain aspects like icons and like, you know, universal symbols and buttons and menu bars and stuff like that. So right. I mean, you know, people aren't born knowing these things. And so you have to have the, the exposure, you know, the, the kind of work that you're doing is, is, is vital for sure. Now, what, what would you say are some of the the bigger challenges that you that you find in your work? Um, honestly, right now, one of the biggest challenges we have is how to reach our homebound community members. Um, mm. Because it is a liability issue for a lot of our organizations and um, for MDUs or, you know, multiple de- dwelling units like apartments or high rises. It's a little bit easier because we can get a navigator in there that works for that organization and yes. they can sort of stay within that building or those buildings for that organization. But um, the Ashbury Center has a storefront and we are not part of a housing authority, although we do partner with the housing authority. Mm-hmm. And so like for folks that are maybe a couple of blocks down but can't leave the house yes we really haven't found a solid solution that is well funded for us to go into the home to be able to to assist so that's one of our biggest issues right you know now. you mentioned housing authorities and you know one of the things that i've been hearing this you know in different breakout groups and and it, it, it's something that you know we think about quite a bit there are uh, a, a lot of folks in multi-dwelling units that could really um there's a lot of folks that don't have internet access actually mm. in multi-dwelling units, and I'm and, and I'm start it's starting to become more clear to me about how important housing authority officials and housing yes. authorities can be in helping to uh, to address the digital divide. You you see Absolutely. that too? Oh yeah, and honestly, I have a, a great testimonial about that. We have um, Ricardo Reynoso in Cleveland. He is the current digital inclusion manager for the city of Cleveland. That position did not exist until a few months ago when he got hired. Now, before he um, was offered that job, he was the digital inclusion manager for CMHA, which is the Cuyahoga Metropolitan Housing Authority. So the county where Cleveland is, Mm -hmm. they manage a housing authority for that area. Um, And they have so many options Mm -hmm. for CMHA. Mm -hmm. Some of their buildings are are wired and ready, like they're lit up. So all you have to do as as a resident is say, I would like internet. Yes. And it's, they just turn it on for you and they don't have to pay. Right. Some of them have, um, you know, spectrum only or mm. AT&T only. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, everyone that lives in those units is eligible for ACP. Mm-hmm. So once we have a navigator in the building, we can, you know, ex- first, first of all, explain the value of Internet, because a lot of folks may not even see the value or understand that some of the problems that they're having are due to their lack of access or lack of knowledge. So just opening that door, getting them qualified and getting them service that hopefully nine times out of 10, they won't have to pay for or pay very little for. So so on that point, so so once you've had the conversation with folks about the availability of the ACP and people, you know, wrap their mind around it and they understand that it's not a scam and that it's something that could be a benefit. And they're like, okay, let, like, let's sign up. When you get to that point, talk about talk a little bit about that process. I mean, has, has that been challenging for you? Once we sort of get the buy-in, it's happiness after that. <laughs> the person is like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this exists. I, I had no idea. Like, this is going to change my life. Because a lot of times what we do are, are uh, resource fairs and outreach events where um, we, we will be giving away a laptop or a free computer once you're qualified. So not only do you get internet or internet for free or very low cost but you also get a free computer on the same day Mm. so that can take a person from Mm -hmm. thinking that 
I don't know when I'm going to be able to have internet at home to, right. oh my God, I can apply for a job tonight. That's right. That's so. right. And that, and, that, and that's key. And, and you, there's so many aspects to it. I mean, there's the, there's the infrastructure piece that you need to have a reliable network that's available to you. And then there's the affordability aspect of it. And then there's, and then there's the, you know, the, whether or not you have a device and, 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 the, and the skills to use it. I mean, yeah, pretty much everybody has a cell phone these days, mm -hmm. but you know, those are limited in terms of, of what you can do online. Right, um, right. I mean, yes, you can check social media, you can, you can shop, you can do things like that, but you know, kind of consumption things. But when yeah. it comes to being a producer or, or doing things like you're talking about applying for jobs. That's a good uh, way to put it. A cons consumer based activities versus like production based activities mm -hmm. for the, like the type of device that's necessary. I, I like that. And I'm sure I'm going to use it again. So okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, so, so speaking of takeaways, cause, cause that won't be the only thing that you take away from me. I'm sure <laughs> it'll be the smallest thing, but since you, so we're on day two. Mm -hmm. uh, so we had a full day yesterday. You have another day tomorrow. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you feel like you may have come across that, 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 that are sticking with you at this point that you may want to bring back with you? There's a particular individual that was on a panel yesterday in the um, digital equity curriculum or was it curriculum with digital equity at the forefront is, uh -huh. is what it is. So like building it while ensuring that, you know, it's equitable at the beginning as opposed to building it and then going back and making it equitable. Mm -hmm. But um, her, not, her name is Ina P. Morgan, and she is working out of Kansas City, Missouri, I believe. And I was so impressed with her because of the variety of programming that she's able to offer to a, such a wide range of youth. And she has convinced a school district to house her program without being an employee of the school district mm. inside of one of the schools. I, you know, stuff like that ain't easy. It's really not. <laughs> and I mean, she's she's dynamic. So, mm, like, mm -hmm. I can somebody said yes uh -huh, to her uh -huh, for sure. Uh -huh. But um, I mean, I just got to I got to figure out how to get on that level for our programming, for our youth, because we work a lot with our with our seniors. Um, but really making our programming more robust uh -huh. for, you know, more of the community to be able to access has been an important goal for me coming mm. into net inclusion. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm getting exactly what I need. Nice. Well, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time to hang out for a minute. We thank you for listening. You can find a bunch of our other podcasts at ILSR.org slash podcasts. Since this is a new show, I'd like to ask a favor. Please give us a rating wherever you found it, especially at Apple Podcasts. Share it with friends. You can even embed episodes on your own site. Please let us know what you think by writing us at podcast at communitynets.org. Finally, we'd like to thank josephmckay.com for the song On the Verge.